Welcome to More Than a Mission, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to discern God's calling to live an active, intentional life of sharing the gospel. Each week, we talk about the way God is moving in our lives, around the world, and everywhere in between, as well as how God's call to missions may apply to your life. Ready to explore your calling? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of More Than a Mission. Uh, my name is Micah Torgerson, and I am joined, as always, with the cameraman, Zaya Henderson. What's up, guys? And Mr. Potato Head, Andrew Carlberg. <laughs> How y'all doing? And we have a very special guest joining us on tonight's episode, a World Race alumni and vlogger, Caleb Pauls. Caleb, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. We're super uh, thankful that you said yes to joining us on the podcast tonight, Caleb. I know Zaya and I have been following uh, your World Race journey through your vlogs on YouTube. I think Zaya's done, uh, but I'm only about halfway through your World Race experience. And it's super cool to see what you went through. And honestly, I'm just so grateful for how like vulnerable you were in making your videos because you shared a lot with us that's super awkward i just want to let you know <laughs> hey if it makes you feel less awkward i'm zero videos in so perfect that. <laughs> perfect uh before we get started uh with the world race stuff caleb uh, we would love to just know a little bit more about you uh so where you're from how old you are what you're doing all that good stuff uh yeah I am, I got to think about it now. I'm 31 years old. Um, I left for the race when I was 28. So I was one of the older ones in my group. Yeah. Older ones. We got it too. We, get, we know what's up. <laughs> I got you. Um, grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. And you know what? It's a responsibility I take. <laughs> Did not ask for that. Um, I'm currently living in Atlanta. I'm originally from Fresno, California, so right in the Central Valley, and I am currently a, what is my title, a creative director and video marketer for a startup company that is, our goal is to teach the world how to swim through do-it-yourself internet videos, because how else do you learn anything these days by, you start by Googling it, so we figure, why not give parents the tools they need to succeed in teaching their own kids how to swim, and why not help those adults who haven't had the opportunity yet um, have their own way to take a course and do it themselves. So that's what I'm doing now. That's Pretty awesome. Cool. Super unique. Um, yeah, definitely. So I'm curious, what, what did you do, I guess, first? Did you, like, go to college? And then if you did or didn't, like, what did you do between then and 28 prior to World Race? Yeah. So, I mean, I had the pretty traditional path where it was, I went to college in my hometown. It was a college town, so I went there after high school. Um, did that for four years, graduated in 2011. The economy still hadn't bounced back in from 2008, um, which I would then, like, I, I didn't quite understand what was happening with the economy back then. I was just, you know, partying, going to college. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's nothing out there, and I don't know what, what I want to do. So I took a year and didn't know what I wanted to do. Went back to school, got my master's in public administration, urban planning, um, to which I actually loved urban planning 
a lot. I love the idea of um, making the world a better place through because our environment does shape so much of how we think and how, how we view the world. And th there is so much out there and it doesn't have to be this way, right? There is a better way to do things. And so I started working in that field just as like an intern working my way up um, until I finally got to the point where the jobs were coming back and I think it was 2014, 2015. And um, I had worked there as like an intern in the city of Fresno for like two years. They just hired back. I was like prime for the position and they hired three people and I was like the fourth choice. And so I was kind of devastated because I'd done all the right things, right? I graduated valedictorian. I went to college. I got my master's. Like I, I did all the steps, but I wasn't seeing the results I thought I should be expecting, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so that started a weird deconstruction journey of what does it mean? Quarter life crisis, moved to LA because what California boy doesn't go to LA when everything falls apart. Learned that was super hard. Um, it was like a cheap option. Right. Well, I mean, I was living with like four other people in like a two-bedroom apartment, <laughs> working at Starbucks, trying to make ends meet, like, you know, just doing the thing, going, wow, this is really difficult. I can see why people, this city churns people out. Um, and then, yeah, I was really, didn't know what to do with my life. Um, I had a big event where my roommate tried to commit suicide and I was there for all of it. And so it kind of, I was already not in a good spot mentally, um, putting a lot of expectations on myself of where I should be as a 26 year old and went back home to live with my parents and got, I just trying to figure out what is life? What is life? And so I remember talking to a buddy who'd like, he like got me back into Christianity. But I was like, this is what I want to do. I know God is real. Um, I don't want to be in this town. And I want, to, I want to travel. I want to see things. I want to travel with God. And I want to go. I, want to, I don't want to go with people that are just 18. Because I was like 27 at the time. Like I'm, It's as if there's a different experience level. I'm not yeah. going to mesh. And he goes, have you heard of the world race? And I was like, no, what's that? He goes, you pretty much described the entire thing. <laughs> I was like, no way. He goes, yeah, my friend just got back. I'll give you his number. And so I started, I called the guy up and I was like riddling him with questions. I was like, you know, what are the teams like? How, where do you go? Is it Holy Spirit oriented? Cause I'd come from a charismatic background mm -hmm. and I'd like the whole God talks to you thing. Um, I was already very like on the edge of like the prophetic movements growing up. Cause that's how I grew up. And so when I'd ever go to church, I'd be like, oh, yeah, God told me this. And they would look at me like I'd had a demon. And I had that told to me several times by different pastors. So it was like I was very wary about what to do. And he was like, no, they're all Holy Spirit driven. Like, it's going to be great. And so I looked it up and I was like, this is what I want to do. Do you remember which route you had or the countries you went to? Yes. Um, it's kind of a funny story how I picked my route because I, I got accepted. No, no, I applied for the world race. We'll go through this because it, it's, 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 it's a tender story. Um, <laughs> I applied for the world race and I wanted to leave ASAP, right? So I picked like an expedition route leaving in April. I go through the whole process 
and I get to my interview and they're like, you know, have you struggled with porn? Have you struggled with alcoholism? Have you struggled with drugs? And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Like, I'm not going to lie at this point. Like, who cares? And they're like, uh, you know, have you had, what's your relationship with like codependency and all this stuff? So, oh yeah, complete. I've had this whole event. My friend tried to do this and was like, wait, what? And so they were like, um, you're a great fit. We just, uh, we're going to say no right now. You should go get counseling. Like, I was like, screw you. I don't want to do this anymore. Like until God, like literally, like, I feel like he tapped me on the shoulder, like six months later. I was like, Hey, remember that thing? Try again. Um, and then one of the women in my small group that I was going through, like the Bible with, she was like, her and her husband were like, we, I see you in Ukraine with like a blonde and like a guy that's kind of bald head. We don't really know. And I was like, shut up. I don't care. <laughs> I've moved on. So when God tapped me again, he was like, try this. There was only one route that was going to Ukraine. And so I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> Guess I got to pick that one. And I did. And it was amazing. Um, I went to Cambodia, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Ukraine, Romania, Albania, and Spain. I've said that list a lot. I know that list. <laughs> I believe you on that one. That sounds like a super cool route, though. And super crazy how that whole story came to be with um, the woman in your, your small group seeing you in Ukraine, and there happened to be one one route with Ukraine in it. And we, we have a couple people in our squad who have stories like that too. And it, it just blows my mind because it's completely different than what brought me to the world race. I feel like now I'm like this modern day technology version story because I saw an advertisement for it on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, God works in mysterious ways, Instagram included. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask, was there a moment in Ukraine where you're with a blonde and a bald headed dude? Yes, there was. <laughs> wow <laughs> um they were on my team my team leader emily was blonde um and then the guy who was with me the whole time um nano he was a costa rican he had shaved most of his head but had a rat tail so <laughs> kind of bald but not really and i'm like can't be we were walking down the street one day getting food and i was like ding and I was like, <laughs> weird and there were a lot of those moments on the race that like whoa yeah is this real <laughs> that's awesome i have i mean like generic question number one is you can go both sides so like coolest or most most rewarding thing that happened and then like hardest thing whether it was just like a one-time moment or like a continual thing you had to wrestle with on the race um like what would you identify if you just have to pick like one or two of each of those sides Okay. Um, we'll go beginning and end. So I remember, so we fly, we're, we're pumped. We fly into Cambodia. It was our first country. We land at night. We go to the hotel and it was already just weird as is. You're like trying, you're disoriented. And then I wake up to like the sound of just like honking. And I'm, I think I'm on like the ninth floor or something like that. So I like go to the window, open it up. And it's just this foreign landscape. Like, yes, it's a city, but like there's wires everywhere. There is no rules of the road. Everyone's everywhere on like, 
on bikes. And so I go down and they're like, Caleb, go get food. And I was like, okay, what do I do? So I, I like literally wandered the street for 15 minutes. I was like, I saw a live chicken. Do you want, I don't know. I was just like culture shocked. I was frozen. I was frozen for like four days. I was like, I'm just, I don't know how to, how to operate here. And then I think the best one was at the end. We were doing, um, so at the end we landed in Spain and then we hiked um, uh, the Camino, El Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. And so that experience was probably a highlight. Just like you're walking with so many different people. And I, think, I don't think I was with my squad at this point, but we're just walking with strangers and you're sharing stories and you just see how God is just God in it. In everybody's different stuff. And it was just like this big old, it's like I got a big God hug after, mm-hmm. after everything. <laughs> and I want to do it again. I want to do the whole thing. I only did 10 days and I was like, I need more. <laughs> but, yeah. Man, I had so many questions that I wanted to ask you. Now that you're here, I'm totally blanking. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I mean, similarly to that question, I think so. a passage that I like really love to use to teach on is Numbers 20, and it's this story where the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. They're like out of water. They're all grumbling. Moses goes to God. And it's like, how the heck are we going to get water? God responds to Moses and says, speak to this rock and water will flow from it. And instead, Moses hits this rock. God's still faithful. Water flows from it. But then we're told that, like, that is the exact moment that costs Moses the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so, like, using that, I think a question I have for you is, like, what – was there anything where you had, like, an expectation of what life was going to look like on the race? Like, you thought you knew, like, what hitting the rock was going to look like. And then, like, in the moment on the race, the Lord was just like, no. Like, this is how you want to do it. This is how you think you're going to do it. This is how you've done it in the past. But, like this is how I want you to do this now. A hundred percent. Like you could sum up the whole race like that if you wanted to. <laughs> like, um, like God, call, God, God calls you on something, but rarely is it ever what you expect. Like he calls you on the journey you need, not the journey you want. Like he's got a plan. He's going to work. Like he knows what the end goal looks like and you don't, but the, the transformation that's going to happen, that will happen regardless if you lean into it, um, there's always something better on, on the other side as long as you continue to trust the story and hit the hardships like again I, I was I just finished like a a bible class right before I left I thought I knew all my stuff and then like the first four months I was like is God real like I don't know if I believe any of this anymore this is really awkward um, and my team was super gracious to me because I did not I did not expect that either. I thought they were kind of going to come after me and try to get me saved again. And they were like, oh, no, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And just let me walk through it. Um, and that was, yeah. And letting, letting go of those expectations is, is the biggest thing. Um, in that story, I just learned this too. So, like, the reason that uh, Moses got, like, was let go in that moment was because he stroke he struck God. Like God got in the middle of the rock because the rock is supposed to be God himself. And so it's that weird picture of Jesus. Like, no, no, like you got mad at the people and you hit me. This is what I will continue to do is I will continue to take those hits for those people because they're my people. 
And it's just like, God will always continue to do that for each one of us and for everybody. Never seen it that way, but it makes total sense. It blew my, it blew it. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So what was life like after the race when you came back to the States? Different. Um, so I decided, okay, like I said earlier, I'd got my master's in urban planning. I'd worked in city planning and I did not want to do that afterwards. So I used the race as a vehicle t for my transformation. Um, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do afterwards. I'm a big believer in impossible dreams and impossible dreams only work if you work. Um, so I was like, okay. So I made all these videos hoping something would happen. And then I remember there's a moment in Romania. I'm having a chat with Papa and I'm like, what do I do next? This thing is ending. How is this going to work? I want to do this. I'm not real good at it yet, but I know I'm moving in this direction. I could go back to school or do this or do that. And he was like, make good choices and take big risks. I was like, okay. And then he started to confirm some stuff. And then I think in month you're in Albania, I got my shoulder tapped on to do another project with adventures. And I was like, well, there we go. We're just going to continue this crazy adventure and see what happens. Um, so after the race, I went home, which is kind of like a weird month 12, but you're by yourself because everything is different. Everything is different. Um, yeah, you wake up and you think, was any of that real? And yes, it was real. You're just a different person now. Um, and then I decided that I was going to go to Gainesville and stay there. So I like completely picked up my life and said, I'm not staying here. I'm going to go and I'm going to follow this thing and try to be as close to it as possible and see what happens. And good things happen, but it was not comfortable. It was not easy. It was a lot of journaling, crying and running, <laughs> physical running, because I don't know what to do in my life, you know, listening to the podcast, but yeah, podcast probably like this one. <laughs> Man, so what would you say, like, there's probably a lot of answers to this, but what is just, like, one way that, like, the Lord, like, what is something he taught you about himself on the race or one way that he, like, gripped your heart further or something that he, like, changed in you of, a, like, a lie you were believing about him maybe or just, like, something that he changed in your heart on the race? I could give a dissertation on this. <laughs> um, I won't. I'll spare, I'll spare everyone listening. <laughs> my monologue on this one um i think uh, yeah where do i want to go with this lord um i think there's a lot of something switched in my brain i was listening to richard Rohr, and he was talking about what faith is and um we we i got hit with the verse a lot of you know faith is trust in things unseen right um he didn't say that because usually when we trust in something unseen, we think of like, Oh, we, I believe this healing will happen. I don't see it now, but I believe therefore my belief will make it happen. Um, that's how I was thinking about it. But Roar kind of says like, no, think about it as if you have this uncertain time in your life. 
this is a great example with COVID. We don't know what's going to happen next. Everything is uncertain. Um, trust in that uncertainty. Like lean into it and fall into it and b- allow the Lord to catch you because then you're not working on your own strength anymore. Can you lean into that uncertainty in that uncomfortability instead of pushing it away and say, no, I must trust and believe that I can do this versus let me just fall into this thing I don't know, this dark blackness and grayness that is in my head, right? Nothing is clear and just believe that God is there. Um, even if I don't see anything. And that was, that was huge for me. Um, I learned a lot about God on the race. It was like, like you, you know, your Bible and you, you go to church and you know your stuff, right? Like you feel like I got a pretty good grasp on this. Um, even if you do outreach and you've done some stuff going on the race, it was like, you put that like to the test, like to the, you get the experience now. Um, and only recently, probably here I am four years later after launching that I finally have words for it again. Like the journey had to go, like you learned a lot and then you experienced a lot and you have this experience and Roar talks about like the, the tricycle of faith, right? You have your scripture, you have your experience and you have your tradition and you need all of them to work. And, and now I'm finally finding scripture again. Whereas on the race, I'd like, I read through the whole Bible, but I was like, I don't know what half of this means and what's going on. So yeah, it's just this weird cycle. I loved what you had to say about leaning into like the discomfort of, of what the Lord brings, which is something that I've been discovering and kind of pursuing the last few years, just based on, you know, not hanging on my parents at all in the way I was ra- ra- the way I was raised, but like was just kind of taught that, okay, you go through the schooling, you get a college degree, you get a job, you get a house, you find a wife, you start a family, like, that's the comfortable life to live like this American dream. And over the last few years, now that I've, I've finished college and I've been in the work field for a few years, like just learning more and more that there's more to life and like God has more in store for me. And, and I'm just excited to continue to pursue that on the world race. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. It makes me feel a little better. <laughs> no. And that, I mean, that, that is the path, right? That is the path of a hero. Um, Joseph Campbell talks about in a hero of a thousand faces, right? You, it's a hero who goes on a journey who meets a guide, right? Who steps into the unknown wilderness where he doesn't know. And in the right moment gets Gandalf or someone shows up, right? And meets you and presents, presents a plan to get out and then you succeed. And that is the story that you're going through currently. And you can only, only experience transformation when you leave home. You can get some of it when you're there, but like cutting your teeth on your own, not knowing what's going on, hitting the dark place. And at, and at the moment, providence, serendipity, God, whoever, what happened, the universe aligns for you in a weird way. Um, that, is, that is the story. That is the story you were all walking through. And that's the story I tried, I attempted to put in my videos. I was like, God, you got to write a good story here because I'm just going to put it all out there. And I think, I think, I think he delivered. He's a good author. Yeah. I would agree with that. I'm learning a lot from your videos. So I, again, thank you for putting those out there. Uh, What made you want to do that while on the race? Had you decided to, that you were going to document that before you left or was it 
something tasked to you by adventures? Uh, I decided before. So I was, before leaving for the race, I'd found out about the race. I got denied. I was unemployed living with my parents as a 27 year old. I was just in a weird spot. Um, tried to start a business with my dad that didn't quite go anywhere. I was just floating, watched a lot of YouTube. Um, cause I was really bored and I think boredom leads to creativity because only in then can you really find something. And I watched a lot of Casey Neistat and I wanted to do the race and I watched, so I watched Julia Robertson's vlogs and I, something clicked in my brain that I was like, I can do this. Like I can do this. So I started with a tripod and my phone on iMovie and I just kept going and it's really awkward, but that's what growth is. Um, and so I decided that, that, yeah, that was something. So I saved up money for like a camera and I was just going to go for it. I'm a person that's big on ideas too. So even before the race, I was always like big idea, big vision. I can start it, but finishing was really hard because then always another idea came up. And so I decided on the race that like, this is going to be something I finish from beginning to end. Um, and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be really bad, but it's going to be okay. I think there was a point in Thailand where I was like, just make videos. I don't care. I think I put out 89 videos in the total. So it was almost like two a week at that point. And I grew a crap ton. Can I say crap on this podcast? I grew a crap ton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of challenges did you face uh, while making those videos? Like, I guess for me, uh, I would also like to do kind of the same thing uh, for my world race experience. Um, so things I think about is, you know, being able to post videos for one. Um, and then also just like in anything that I'm doing and wanting to like video it and document it, I always struggle to find that middle ground between like experiencing the moment myself and not just focusing on like recording it and focusing on the camera and just finding that, that middle ground. Yeah, that's a, it's a good sweet spot. Like when to, pick up the camera when to put it down. Um, the internet service will be bad. Like Cambodia will take four days to do a video. Um, on the continent of Africa, I decided to just stop uploading. I, as long as I kept current with my editing, when I got to some place where there was good Wi-Fi, I could do them all at once and then schedule them out. Um, so like that was helpful. As long as you keep up to date with editing, because if you get behind, you'll never, you'll never catch back up. It's just too much. And you're like, oh, I made four videos over the race. Um, so that's, but you don't need a video a lot to capture those moments. It's, it's know where you're going in the story, like have a story, like today we're going to go teach English. And so it's, or today we're going to go do something. And so you have that story arc that you're going through. And so you know, there's a beginning and an end of what you need to capture. So it's like planning your, planning your day out a little bit. Un, you know, weird things are going to happen. Like one day we went to ministry and we were like, I know I'm going to do this. I'm going to film today. Um, and you tell everybody, by the way, I'm filming today. And they're like, perfect, great, no problem. Um, make sure you tag my mom so she sees it. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, if, you're, if you're a little intentional about what you want to do, it, it goes a long way. Awesome. And I'm glad you, you kind of touched on that you're telling people that, Hey, I'm, I'm filming today. Cause that was going to be my next question is like, when, like at what point in each ministry that you're doing, like, do you feel comfortable enough to, 
to break out the camera because like I know you don't want to just show up and start videoing strangers. Yeah, there, there's there's a grace period of like, like three days. So like you do a travel day video, which are always fun because who knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, and then it's like I know you do. You stay three days, you get to know your host, get to know what you're gonna do, and then it's like okay, I'll show you a day in the life. And then usually kids love the camera, so. I mean, they, they watch Instagram, so they know what's up. Um, so, yeah, you just keep going with it. But as long as you have that rapport with your host, like, hey, by the way, I'm going to do this. They might be like, oh, I need a ministry video. Can you make me one? And then you're, bam, you're in. That's a awesome. random question. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, what was your favorite country that you went to? Uh, Ukraine probably had my biggest breakthrough. Um, and that's why it was my favorite. Yeah. It was, uh, I got, I'm, you can probably tell I, I'm a learner by nature. I like to learn and I store all these stuff up here. And so they had me teach an advanced English class and there was nobody chaperoning me. Um, so I could say whatever I wanted to. So like we got to the point and all of these guys, they're, they're our age, right? And they're, they're graduated college or they're in it. They're talking politics in Ukraine. I mean, it was great because it was a rather new country. So I was into it. I was like, what's going on? But we were talking about the story of Abraham and one of the guys raised his hands. He goes, uh, you're not going to feed us this stuff like it's real. We know it was, this is a story given to sheep herders 5,000 years ago. And I was like, perfect. Me too. Let's talk about it. Let's do some historical context. And they were like, oh, perfect. I haven't heard this before. Like once you get out of the, 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 peanut butter jelly that everybody's used to and you can step above that and you provide something new um i ate it up they ate it up and that was my biggest because i could i felt like i could finally be myself because for the launch so much of the race i was like what do i say what do i not say i'm wrestling with things as god real or satan real what's happening how does this work what's the story look like um my own deconstruction journey and that's not for everybody in that moment but for me it was and so i had to like I, that was a moment where I was like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel like I'm finally fitting my skin. That's awesome. Uh, so you did some English teaching. What other kinds of ministries were you exposed to on your race? Um, we did, um, how do I say this? We did, a, like, we were in a boy's home. So it was like an orphanage, Cambodia, um, <laughs> sex trafficking stuff in Thailand. And like starting businesses, like, cause the big thing is if you can get a business started that you don't, you, you, how can you make money outside of this industry that is ruining people's lives? Right. So like, and even now it's, they're doing a bunch of other stuff like website design and stuff, uh, stuff that you and I would do naturally. It was stuff we can do over there. Um, it was hostels. Um, it was, we were staying with pastors doing what they did. A lot, of, a lot of teaching in schools. Um, in the Philippines, we get to like run a giant conference, maybe, um, for the whole school. So that like, it was just cool to be, in, be there and talk with people. Sweet. Sounds like you had a wide variety of things too, which is, which is cool. It is nice. I, my, like my squad leader, she was a teacher before, and all she did on, did on the race was teach. She's also a teacher now, so it worked out. <laughs> but yeah, it's just weird how what happens. 
what would you what what advice would you give to somebody that has never done a mission trip um you're good that's my advice you are good just (laughs) as you are you don't need anything you are perfect and loved and worthy and therefore go be you because god only works through you when you are you like does that make sense like if he lives in you and his soul is tied to your soul and you are one when you feel the most like you you are the most like him very nice you can can check me on that later (laughs) in the comments or something theologically Uh, you got nothing to worry about zaya you're gonna be great man yeah man you're gonna be great oh you guys have any other questions for caleb You guys have not left yet, correct? No, we have not. Okay, good. I was just double checking to make sure we weren't someplace else. Um, Wendy, still believing. No, yeah, you're still believing, and that's good. Yes. I don't, I don't know what may happen with you guys, but lean into the unknown and know that, like, know that God is good, and trust the story, and whatever happens is going to happen. Um. 2020 is a big old curveball for everybody included, and the world is changing drastically. The biggest thing that I probably took away from the world race is the like practical leadership skills and living in community. So that's something you're going to do regardless whether you leave or not. So that's the how do you do with deal with feedback and encouragement? How do you take it? How do you give it? What does it look like to like meet people where they're at? And you will take those skills with you and you will be marvelous of whatever you do next because if you can lead people, if you can know yourself, you can know others. And if you can lead yourself, you can lead others no matter what you do in your life. So y'all good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you so much. All right. If y'all don't have any other questions, we're going to go ahead and and end this episode with uh, our weekly segment, the word of the week. Uh, And I'm going to bring the word this week. And this this week, we're going to be focusing on the book of Jonah, uh, as I have just started a a study of the book of Jonah. Um, So I'm not all the way through it yet, but I just want to focus on the very beginning of of Jonah chapter one tonight. So in Jonah chapter 1, we find that God is calling Jonah to Nineveh, uh, a wicked city in that time. And after God speaks, like literally speaks to Jonah and says, go to this great city of Nineveh and preach against it uh, because its wickedness has come up before me. And this is how Jonah responds to God's calling, like God speaking straight to Jonah, and this is how he responds. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I've ever heard God say, hey, go do this, go to this exact place and do this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no and run the complete opposite direction. But I can relate in some sorts, uh, and I touched on this in our episode where we we shared our life stories in the sense that when I was finishing high school, I had so many family members and pastors and teachers that were in my life that were uh, in my ear saying, you would make such a good pastor or such a good teacher, and and this is what you should pursue after high school. And 
I just remember my initial instinct every single time someone told me that was heck no. Like there's no way, uh, for reference, my dad is a teacher at a Lutheran grade school. And so I was always just like, heck no, there's no way that I'm going to do the same thing that my dad does. There's no way that I'm going to spend my life in ministry. Um, and as we see in the story of Jonah, God has kind of a funny way of bringing us back to that calling. And so it's been a kind of a wild journey for me since I ran away, so to speak, uh, in high school. But it's incredible to think back on all that I learned. And as hard as it was to go through some of the things that I went through, how beautiful it is now and the amazing opportunities that God is showing me now and this eagerness that he's given me to do exactly what I thought I did not want to do. Um, so that would be my encouragement this week, kind of like Caleb was saying, is to lean into that uncomfortability. Um, God is taking you on a path that you need to go on, not necessarily a path that you want to go on. Uh, so I just felt like I, I, I should share that with you guys tonight. Uh, so that's our word of the week this week. And hopefully you don't have to go through a belly of a fish to get there. That stinks. <laughs> Who knows, man? Literally. Clearly it's been done before, so I shouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it happens. I mean, that story is so perfect, too, for the, like, like Jonah, he jumps off. He, you know, he's like, you know, throw me overboard, right? And he's not going. He's, he's literally just dying. You know, it's like, kill me. Throw me overboard. And God's like, no, thank you. <laughs> we need to put you in this. Right. You still have work to do. <laughs> and hopefully your story does not end like Jonah's. Hopefully you, you learn and not be disgruntled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with the world race with us and with everyone who's listening. I know the three of us greatly appreciate it. And I know that our squad members who will also be listening to this also appreciate it. <laughs> Be excellent to each other, always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. We want to thank you for listening to More Than a Mission. For more information and to keep up with our ministries, follow us on social media at More Than a Mission Podcast or email us directly at morethanamission at outlook.com.